fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, you're absolutely uh, recording. Okay, you tell so me when. this is us not saying the... Uh, remember when we had to do the One, disclaimer? Two. Oh, we don't do it anymore? Have we ever done it? I don't think they put it on the YouTube, which is my favorite, but yeah. on the audio we have it. Yeah. Okay, then let's get started, yeah. shall we? Party. Comedy Store would like you to know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are strictly those of the speakers or authors and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions held by the Comedy Store and its affiliates. Shall we party on? Party on, guard. Party on, Wayne. <laughs> Thank you. Jimmy Schubert's here, ladies and gentlemen. Elmer Kerrigan. Comedy Store Podcast. Comedy Store Podcast. Comedy Store. I'm sitting in for Rick Ingram. Podcast. He might jump in. Who he knows? can jump in anytime. He's a jumper. It's who he is. That's We're all jumpers. Exactly. We're all on the ledge. Right, Jimmy? That's right. How long have you been on the ledge these days? Uh, I don't go anywhere near the ledge anymore, honey. I used really? to go on back in the day. I'm, I'm, I'm much more subdued. I, I've uh, found purpose in my life, and I just uh, I don't I don't need to behave like it anymore. But you know, back in the day, you know, I think I think you know, back in the day, I've I've had a pretty ledgy uh, life. A pretty ledgy (laughs) life. (laughs) You're legendary ledgy. Legendary ledgy. Ledgy. I like it. That's funny. No, we were earlier. We were talking about crabs and. Not because I have them or gave them to Jimmy like you think. I know what you're thinking. Uh, I didn't give them to Jimmy, but my neighbor, I forget who I was talking to about this, but my neighbor had crabs. And my brothers told her, my older brother and his best friend, Stephen, told her to put a mirror underneath when she was going to the bathroom and the crabs would see themselves and jump on the mirror. And she did it. Well, that's what happens for not. This was before the internet. I'm taking <laughs> <laughs> because you go. My this whole time. life is before the internet. I, a, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's I, hard. I grew up in a typewriter store. Yeah, Everything well, was before. Yeah, I was. Uh, what was your dad's backup plan? Back, blacksmith. Yeah, that's what. So, who told me that? Somebody was like, "What did he uh, moonlight as a blacksmith?" And I was yeah. like, somebody, Eric Griffin, told me to add that to my set. You should. It's like, funny. That's hilarious. But I never thought of that. But yeah, he. That would make him uh, not lazy. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's uh, not a moonlighter, guys. Oh, there's Josh. Hi, Josh. Uh, we're on fire now. We got no, our yeah, producer in the house. Nice. Shit is just rolling. Yeah, I had I had crabs one time when I was a kid, when I was younger, and I just I don't. I know. feel like that was a thing, though. I remember a lot of guys. No, had it. yeah, but it was like it happened, and I like I was sitting in the bathroom. My brother was outside working on his car. And I remember seeing all these little black specks, and I was like, what's going on? I was freaking out. I yelled at the one, Joe, get up here right now. You always call your brother. Yeah, then. you always call my brother. And he goes, ah, just relax. You got crabs, bro. Here, here's 20 bucks. <laughs> Go get some of that A300. Get in there with the tiny comb and comb those mothers out. And he goes, don't fucking sleep. And he goes, whatever you do, grab your match, grab all your shit, and you got to wash it. Get a mirror? And he then he said, get a mirror, put it in the bottom of the toilet. When a crab see themselves, they'll see how ugly they are. And, uh, you know, did you ever have crabs? I did not. But Good if for- I did, I would have been like, I would have yelled for my brothers to be like, well, what is this? I think it was his neighborhood like, girl. Instead of my sisters, which is terrible. Yeah, I think his neighborhood girl uh, was kind of like. Uh, she, had them. Was ha, the, she was the. Distributor. Pa- she was patient X. She was the monkey. And and she had a very dry vagina. In fact, her vagina was so dry, even the crabs carry canteens. And listen, the lady. Jimmy Schilbert's here, ladies and gentlemen. Give him a round of applause. Come on. I got to do all those dumb jokes. You know me. I got a million of them. I don't know why I use that one. That's uh, my favorite. What was the other one we were doing the other night? What's that? Oh. Um, because Dom with the uh, Bell's palsy. Oh, he goes. He said, "I got." Bell, he goes, "Hey Jim, I got Bell's palsy. My whole, I said, the whole left side of my face was paralyzed." I go, "It's okay. You're all right now. All right, you know, because it was." And you went fucking nuts, and Dom looked at me like that. Look, <laughs> we got like, really. Like, and he on. just walked away. <laughs> He's so good at that stone face. Meanwhile, I fell apart. So did Tony Hinchcliffe. Because oh, we're, we're I dying. love that. I love silly jokes like that. They're I so too. silly. Whatever. Uh, no, I didn't have uh, crabs, so, but I, uh, you know, was very active. I'm kidding. I don't know uh, where I was funny. going. Like um, so, me and you were actually getting ready to work together. So. I know. 
I'm so excited. Yeah, let we're doing December fourth. We're let doing me help December. Undress. Uh, let no. me give you crap. I mean, let me get that. <laughs> let me get that off. No, we're we're uh, we're doing. Um, we're going to uh, Parks Casino in Philadelphia on December fourth. Uh, Parks Casino, and we're also doing the thirtieth and thirty first in New Brunswick, New Jersey, yes, at the Stress Factory with a boy Vinny Brand. So we're doing that Monday, Tuesday up there, which is going to be great. I'm and, excited. And you're doing some dates up in New York in between that, right? You're going to up there. Yeah, I'm going to be at the stand in New York with Dice on the tenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth. I'm also at Governor's the thirteenth and fourteenth, and I'm going to headline. I believe the 14th, that Saturday night. That's nice. The second show. Dice, okay. me and Dice are doing the first. I'm going to headline the second. That's great. I'm actually, uh, I have to go to Huntsville on the 5th, the day after we do that to the 8th. I come back to Philly, hang out. I do the, I'm doing a weekend up in, up near Philly. Uh, Soul, Huntsville, Soul wait, Joe. is that Funny Bone? No, it's Eleventy Live. Oh, okay. There's a funny and, bone down there. Yeah. So I'm doing I'm doing that and on on the twelfth, thirteenth, and then I think I'm gonna I'm gonna head to uh I gotta head back out here because I gotta get some dental work done. The guy was gonna do it today, but he's gotta extract this tooth and put in a, an implant. So that's gonna be a painful situation. I go, I got shows. I got a corporate this weekend. You can't rip a tooth out of my head, you fucking knucklehead. <laughs> so Don't you hate the dentist? They called me today. What is it, their time of the month? No, I I like I look, you gotta take care of your teeth, man. I try. Hey, you know what I found out? This is crazy. Like, you know, a couple of years ago, I had both my knees done. I got two brand new knees. Amazing. And Yeah, which is great. How but are they? They're great. Titanium? No, they're great. Yeah, titanium. Oh. But they're great. But every time I go to the dentist, I have to go on amoxicillin two days before I go in because there's so much bacteria in your mouth that if that infection gets in your body, it'll go right to the knees. And they'll have to go in and take the knees out and put an iron bar in your leg until the infection goes away. I mean, it's like insane. That's crazy. Did you get the bacteria in your mouth from the crab lady? No, I know. Oh. I just, they just, everybody, you mean just everybody, everybody has, has everybody has it. So and so just, he's in there drilling around, knocking stuff loose. You know, a, I hate the fucking dentist but only because I spent my whole life in the dentist. I had such bad teeth growing yeah. up. Like sometimes I'll put up a picture of me as kids and people are like, what was your, what was happening in your mouth? And I'm like, I don't know. You're like one tooth didn't grow in till like seventh grade. Then it grew in black. It uh, grew in black. Yeah. Looked like Indian corn. It dead tooth. Yeah. Like it grew in dead. Mm-hmm. They called oh. it the dead tooth. So I, I had to have braces to pull that down starting in like fifth grade to try oh. to get it down. Like, and we could afford that. So I oh. went to dental schools. Oh. So you go to a dental school, they're in your mouth and you hear oops. I'm like, no oops. Who's oops? Like, you got to, <laughs> what the? That's hilarious. I remember being terrified as a kid. And my grandma, because my mom worked full time, yeah. you know typewriter man wasn't helping and so she she literally like you know she couldn't take off of work so my grandma would take me to the dentist yeah. and then she was like if you're good i'll take you for donuts after so i try to be really good and then i'm like wait aren't we fucking up all this dental work Would you, well, well, you get me donuts? a jelly donut with some sugar on it <laughs> never that's, never that one that's that's, that's my brother johnny's favorite i like so you have a, how many in your family chocolate. 11 uh no ten yeah ten that's a pretty big six family. boys four girls yeah I'm just we're just all six boys I didn't I didn't have any girls I mean after did your mom was your mom trying to like all right this next one's gonna be a girl yes right, I remember old. distinctly I was a kid I remember all the neighbor ladies goes on if Jen has a little girl we're gonna have such a big baby shower yeah for yeah yeah and it was just boy after boy after boy Poor I mean Jen. I mean never got that baby shower she yeah but wanted, she wasn't huh? bitter about it she didn't dress us up in dresses and shit be hilarious Jimmy here's some put these pumps on Jimmy put, put these nice my mommy's Mom's lipstick. <laughs> you know, she wasn't This like is that. your color, Jimmy. Go get mommy another drink. Get <laughs> hey, mommy some was, more grape Who was that too. Joey Marmo used to do it? Oh. oh. He used to do that Joey Marmo. Go get mommy another uh, drink. Go get mommy another drink. <laughs> he would do it real deep. My favorite was uh, Val Pappas. This is like the second time we brought up Val Pappas on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, it, it, oh, it was Johnny Sanchez I was talking to. Do you remember her? Yeah, Val? I remember Okay, so she used to do... Um, Hey, mommy. She used to do Judy Garland. She would go, hey, mommy, some more grape juice. But it was like wine or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, hey, mommy, and then she would just start singing all wasted. Somewhere. Like it was, I can't do it. I'm no, I, remember, it. I remember. I remember. But what, she was her. great. And I always remember her. Hey, mommy, some more grape juice. Yeah, she was really a real pro. She was like, for you know, she was one of the better female comedians that worked back here. Oh, my God, yeah. She used to do Vegas all the time. I used to watch her in the main room. Great. But that's what the Mitzi used to put in the main room. Like that was something we were talking about. Um mostly a lot of variety acts like Mitzi loved that like Janice Hart yeah, Monica Gaines, Val was Pappas. something for everybody Finest Henderson and I they mean, would open it yeah like Finest Henderson and then after a certain point 
like you guys would star, like Schubert, like Dom Irera, John Mulroney, yeah. you know, Nick DiPaolo. Yeah. I remember all those guys, even like Sherry Shepard, Retha Jones, those girls, like they would weave them in and out, Kim Tavares, yeah. and well, Monica Gaines and all them were still here, killing it in the early slots. Yeah, I know. It was. I mean, you know, this place is special. You know, I, The I other was, one I can't think of, he just passed away. He was good, too. I know his whole act. Oh, John Witherspoon? No, but yes, that's sad. John, I never saw John perform here. Oh, he was great. And he was funny off stage too. But he was—he was just. I ran into him playing like 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 two and a half months ago. We were going both flying to Charlotte, and I we both got early boarding. And uh, I didn't know because he because so he walked funny. up. And he's he was, one of my favorites. Yeah, and so. he was struggling to put his cane up there, and he had a bag and stuff like that. Uh, and I turned and I go, "Spoon!" He goes, "Show me what are you doing?" I go, "What are you doing?" So we both got. I said, "We got the pre-boarding, bro. We got that working out." And then, like during the flight, we got up and we talked to each other. But I loved John Witherspoon. He was great. He was always so kind, always like encouraging you, and always hey, got to stay in there, baby. Got to hang in there, baby. That's the coordinate. See, I, I only know him from movies. Uh, I don't yeah. remember him doing stand up, but I do remember. Yeah, that may have been like. Because I, I, you know, he was still going up when I was at when I first got out here. He was still going up, and he, he went up uh, for for you know for a while. What year the, did you get here? Get like eighty five, eighty four, yeah. eighty five. So I started in ninety three, and then got real close with Mitzi like ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah. And then I remember um, I was at her house, and she, she would tell me all these crazy stories, like, and because she was trying to write a book. Yeah. And then uh, I would say to her, Mitch, you got to write a book. That's a great story. And she would go, when they all die. And I'm like, wait a minute. They're, yeah. they're younger than you. Like, But, but um, she told me about John Witherspoon and Letterman being first. They're like really close. Yeah. Like they were like best, best friends. And then Letterman, I forget which show it was, maybe the 10th anniversary, something like that. One of the anniversary shows of the comedy store. It was being filmed. It was a big deal. It was either the 10th or the 15th, I forget. And she wasn't going to put Witherspoon on. And Letterman flipped out. And she goes, he fought me tooth and nail to put him on. I didn't want to put him on. I'm not sure why she, I don't know if she was mad at him at the moment. She, had, she, just, she, had her, she got like that. Yeah, she, she would did. do that. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, Mitzi handpicked me. Mitzi knows everything. And I love Mitzi. She's great. And she had her own great taste. But so many comics tell me that, like, she didn't believe in things they were doing, and then they become, like, super successful. Like, she told Dice that it was going to ruin his career day the laughter died. Yeah. <laughs> she told Seinfeld he wasn't funny. Yeah, she... She, she had her own taste. She had no, her she own could, eclectic... she could be on, but she, but she also came... She came from a different generation. Yeah. And, I, you know, there's a book out called The Warm-Up. It's a Sammy Shore book. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you read that book... I mean, that gives you a lot of insight into, you know, this was, you know, Sammy's club and Sammy, these guys, sure. this was their idea. Uh, you know, Together he, they had this idea. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he just said, you know, he kind of like during the divorce, he felt bad because she had the three kids and, and he was always on the road. And he just, so he said, four I just kids. gave her the club. Yeah. Four kids. Oh. So I just gave her the, uh, just gave her the, I just gave it to her in, in the divorce thing. So, but see. Just saying that is crazy to me because she told me otherwise. Yeah. Well, no. And I'm sure. Like she told me about schlepping paperwork up and down the steps and having Marvin Mitchelson, who nobody knew, who invented palimony, by the way. He's a beast. Yeah. I don't even know if he he might be dead, but he literally was like, that was the lawyer. That was her guy. Right. And he got her the store she had a fight for that they went to okay. court it wasn't yeah, I, well, that's what i mean it like, was sammy shore's book so he probably said, oh, okay. i just gave I, I get mad. i'm like wait what yeah well you know you who's know, telling the truth you never there's know two sides to every three. story three sides what that they say what the other one says and then the truth somewhere in the middle lies the truth, the truth. <laughs> yeah did you ever see that tv show the affair on no, showtime no they have it from everybody's perspective it's not the best show but it's like t- the greatest to me the like best idea the one of the most uh original ideas original ideas that i've seen on tv so it'd be like if you and i when something happened to us whatever it was like we were dating i tell my side of the story you tell your side of the story and they're both completely different it is unbelievable and i know that's real shit because you talk to people i'll hear somebody tell a story and i'll be like Wait a minute! I was right there. That didn't happen at all. Isn't that interesting? But yeah. it's it's the way that person saw it, 
and then like uh, you know yeah. what's interesting you know why i noticed that when i do magic for people and i like like you know a card disappear and then it appears in my wallet and then it's inside a sealed envelope in the wallet it's, and it's people, terrifying to me that's the most frightening thing i've ever heard no, in my but, life but but i'm afraid pe- of magicians you know that no right? i didn't know that yeah. anyway then you're probably not going to the magic castle anytime soon you're gonna make me disappear no they uh but what happened was as then you hear somebody else tell the story of the trick. You know the trick. You do it all the time. And I go, and then he never even touched it. And the thing went up over there, and it was it was unbelievable. Like, they retell the story. And that's not really what happened. Right no, no, yeah, but yeah. to hear them tell it, it makes the But it's fun. interesting. It's it somebody it, else's perspective. Yeah, it's how they saw it. Absolutely. I agree with you. But so it's a real thing. It's just weird. It's just and like- I guarantee you that's absolutely true because you're sitting there, and you go- like I mean, you you know, being you know, being you go through breakups and stuff, and you see it one way, the, the other person sees it completely other, other yes. way. And you go, what? Yeah, what? that's what that. But that's the whole thing. Like arguing, you're arguing with somebody. You're like, that is not what happened. They're like, yes, it is. And you're like, wait a minute, but you're about to kill each other. See if they would just film it like this TV show. Yeah, just then you would know. <laughs> then you would know. And here's what actually happened. You, when you were dating a narcissist. <laughs> And when they weren't busy. <laughs> That's doing... true. Because everybody has their fucked upness, whatever it is. Narcissism, sociopath. Oh, yeah. Which is what I, I usually like, what are you doing? I gotta I gotta get I gotta do my social media. I go, but but you don't do anything that you gotta do social media. Yeah, oh, yeah. I have fans. I go, you work at the fucking Dairy Queen. What are you yeah, fucking yeah. Nobody's coming to see you at the gap. Uh, yeah, but I'm mean, they're you not watching like... you fold cotton. It's never happening. Yeah, I it's it's a, it's gotten a little ridiculous. I you know, I, I was talking to this Everybody. Lyft driver on the way over and he's going, you know, these people I heard these girls in the back, they're talking about their fans. I go, What did they do? Were they singers? I guess not. They were just people that were preferring to no, be. No, we're just hot. Like we have I show my yeah. twat. I don't have crabs. Everybody loves but, it. I'm not dry. I'm wet. What? But, uh, like I, I need to be hot girl. Uh, confident is what I need. Who are you texting? You sending dick pics? No, no. Yes. Uh, you need to be hot girl confident. I yeah, because these girls have no talent whatsoever. I got, I got, I got news for you. I don't know who used it, but hot chicks think they're ugly. Ugly chicks think they're hot. Fat girls think they're skinny. Skinny girls think they're fat. I don't even know what the fuck's going on anymore, bro. I can't even keep track of like, well, you guys figure it out and get fucking back to me. It's fucking like, I've never. We're going to have a a meeting. We're going to have a meeting of all the. All right, listen, you know you're fat, right? You got to stop wearing a half top. And then (laughs) you got to put that away. You know, like we'll just start yelling. and And the skinny girl, please take the sweatsuit off and put that outfit on. Like, you know what I mean? Here, have a cheeseburger. Well, yes, eat something. But here's the thing. Nobody's ever happy because we never feel like I don't feel like I'm ugly. I just I love hot girls can be like, watch me do this. And then they open like a can and they're like, hello. And like, I'm, like, here's the I'm thing. Like, Wait, you're not. That's no talent at all. Here's the thing. I, I can't. I mean, like, I, I can't even fucking get involved in like, what, I, what am I? I need to have a conversation with somebody. I mean, what yeah. Do you... I mean, it's it's cool that you have followers, but I don't want to see all the spokes in your asshole. I just, I'm not interested. This week on the Jimmy Schubert Show, I'm going to swallow this little camera. You're all going to take a ride through my lower intestine. Whoever guesses the correct amount of polyps will get four free tickets to my next show at the Chuckle Hut in Huntsville, Alabama. I mean, what the fuck? How much information do I need to know about fucking somebody? By the way, if you can guess if my asshole's bleached or not, you get an extra bonus. I know. Everybody's out and shake your hand. Everybody's doing the bleach in the asshole. I'm trying to find somebody to darken mine up, make it look like it's been used, like an old catcher's mitt. Because I got that Irish skin. I'm very pale and pink. Samesies. I want to darken that up. I want to get a permanent tattoo and a raisin. Yes. What cut you? What do you want? I'm going to get like little spokes. I'm going to have my spokes, you know, on the like wheel. A wa- like a little wagon wheel. <laughs> wagon wheel. A little bike tire. And, the, and, and maybe put a little card in the spoke as it and, goes around. And that, and that little, uh, that leather Cheerio will be the center of the, uh, a center of the, uh, Leather wagon. Cheerio. Now you're hitting on me. Now you get me. What's the le- base. Now you get me stiffer than a gay sale at a Ricky Martin concert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is, this is kind of, so gay. So gay. That's really gay to get a heart on at a Ricky Martin concert at a sailor convention. Yeah, that was That's the kind of the, the super, super, super gay. gay. Like I feel uncomfortable. I suck dick and I'm offended. No. All no. right, let's let that go. Let's let that go. <laughs> uh, let it go. I feel like Lester. I interviewed Willie Tyler and Lester, and uh, he brought Lester. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, of course he did. You know, I, it's good to see that puppet back on track because uh, that guy had a, the puppet had a 300 hour day pledge habit. Make me shinier. Make me shinier. 
No, actually, he almost lost a puppet. True story. Uh, he got termites in his right leg. They almost had to take it off. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. <laughs> Listen. Uh, don't you think the world would be a much better place if ventriloquists could just get along with the dummies? That's true. Because they're always fighting, aren't they? I'm putting you in your bag. <laughs> like, and then you just see the bag bouncing around. Get me out of here. Let me out. <laughs> no, this is abuse. I, you know, you say, I'm filing you, charges. You say you're afraid of ventriloquists. I'm afraid of fucking ventriloquists. I'm, I'm afraid of a lot of things. Like that. like they, I'm not afraid to ride a unicycle with no seat on it, but I am afraid of ventriloquists. <laughs> well, how could you be? That leather Cheerio comes wide that's open. Why it, <laughs> um, that that's... came out wrong. You know what I'm saying. Uh, but you could puncture your nutsack. You got to be careful. No, you got to be careful when you're riding seatless on a unicycle. Me? What? Just to, in case I have a tickle in my throat. What do you mean? No. Uh, For you, me, it goes all the way through. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry, Mom. I hope you're not watching that. <laughs> Here's the thing. My brother Tommy will play these for my mom. Or he'll just be playing them out loud, and my mother will be like, is that Eleanor? And then he turns it, and I say the worst thing possible. Oh, that's horrible. It's a constant. So I apologize. Uh, my mom hates me. I'm number eight, though. She's, yeah. You know, she's got other kids. Uh, you know, I, 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 I mean, forget that one. person with no enemies has no character. That's what what's, what's that? I said somebody with no enemies has no character. That's what I say. I'm sure. I'm sure there's... <laughs> people who fucking hate me too. Where okay, so let's talk about the comedy store stuff because that's what we do, the comedy store yeah, podcast. Talk about the podcast. No, one of your these are things we've been like asking people lately. Like one of your favorite moments at the comedy store. Uh I know it's hard because I know I've been here so goddamn long. You know. Isn't th- it weird to think about though? Like Yes, I mean I've been here for- 30 years man i started working here in like 85 it's like you know so you know I'm, you know we have those magical nights sometimes where it's oh yeah fun. it's not the, even about i had the, on the other night late night with don barris i was laughing oh. so much fun but uh, i think my favorite thing was when i drove sam kinnis off stage on a motorcycle and we <laughs> actually lived to talk about it in the main room and it could have like, so you drove in those open those double doors yeah but you off have, sunset. No, but after you realize i i came in off sunset the doors were kind of like one was open, the other was closed, and I had my and I just kind of pushed my bike up inside. So it was only was like st- two little steps two little, first, little, and little then steps, another two. two. They, yeah, it's not it's not much. And back then there was there wasn't that big giant aren't that, that that circular comedy store sign that wasn't there. Oh, I see. That wasn't there. So that and big pole in the middle though, yeah. were they there? Because no, they weren't. There was oh. nothing back there. So when back when so I was just sitting back there on my motorcycle. It was like two. 215 and it was idling no no it was it was okay. off i was just sitting on it and uh, i was and the guy goes are you gonna drive that out there and I, I don't know he goes well it's never been done before and I who said, said it uh was it a door guy biff maynard biff maynard biffy yeah hi biffy that's hilarious oh biffy huh <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> So and he, go, and he goes, if you're going out there, you need a joke. He goes, just drive out stage. Last call. By the way, your ride's here. And Kenneth was on stage going, oh, look, uh, he's doing his act. And I, and I fired it up and I went. And it's a pack. The main room's packed pack. on a Monday night. It was packed. Holy shit! And I just drove out there and I started. He knew the bike was coming because he heard it then. And then he kind of moved off to the side and I drove out. And I came down the stage. I had these mirrored sunglasses on with a long trench coat. I go, it's last call. By the way, your ride's here. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> he was looked at me like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he, I didn't realize. He was, was it at the end of his act? Yeah, it was at the end of it. No, it was at the end of it. And he, I didn't realize at the time, but he was scared to death of fucking motorcycles because, <gasps> yeah, he was terrified. And so he goes, let's do it, let's do it. He just threw down the microphone. Jimmy. And he jumps on the back. And I popped that bitch in the gear. I had this like a door. Was he Holding on Death to grip yeah. my rib cage. And I was like, that's my appendix. Let go. And I got, I got up the steps, which was cool. Cause yeah, because there's, there's a, a step up and then. Right. And then I made the turn and we went, went down the steps. But people were jumping boom, boom. out, jumping into those little side dressing rooms to get out of the fucking way. Of course. I got out of the way. <laughs> and I fucking slid up on the gas tank a little bit and I popped that door with my foot and I'm right on the sunset. We went, we finally got up to La Cienega and I make the U turn. And he goes, You're a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> He was yelling, you're a crazy motherfucker. Like, he was fucking, 
And then the Mitzi lose her shit. No, but as we pull up, there's like forty people had run out of the building because they heard the bike go ripping through the building. Yeah. So they were out the front door to see what the fuck happened. So we yeah. come back and there's like forty people. And I go, and 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 then I, like he jumped off the bike, and I had to go because I had to go up and work at the law firm the next day. So I drove over to work and I went to work. And I didn't see it. Wait a minute. You drove over to work? No, like, I drove over to, like, I obviously slept and I got up. Oh, okay. I got work. nervous. I like, didn't, it I didn't, was that late that no, you're no. like, well, I'll just go in. No, and I, I didn't see, and I didn't see it for like two weeks. Sam? Yeah. And then I walk in the back room here in the back bar and I Jimmy, show me, you crazy motherfucker. Get over <laughs> And I didn't realize, and he's standing with the Rain Newman uh, yeah. and Randy Quaid. And wow. he was fucking telling. He goes, "You gotta hear the story." He's telling him the story. I didn't really think anything of it, but to hear him tell a story, it sounded awful fucking cool. See the and other perspective. The, yeah, the other perspective, exactly. <laughs> you don't know what happened. This bike came out. This guy comes out, picks me up on a motorcycle, and he's fucking. He grabbed to... me by the hair. What? That's right. Wait, yeah, that's yeah, not true that's at the... all. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of a story. But after that, I mean, I was kind of like in like Flynn with that with that gang, and we we actually went up touring and stuff like that. And so that was called the. Uh... Outlaws of comedy. Outlaws of comedy. Yeah, we did that. We did that tour, and uh, you know, with uh, our boy LeBeau, Alan Stevens, the Mitch great Walters, Carl LeBeau, the great Carl LeBeau. We've had him on, Carl. We had Alan on. We didn't have Mitchell, uh, and obviously we can't have Sam. But maybe he'll visit. <laughs> Sammy, Sam. Anyway, I, I never met him. Do you oh, know you how never, sad that is? No, he died uh, in '92. I started in '93. Oh, you would love him. You know, you would love him. He, he could be really charming at times. I mean, he was a, he was a damaged guy. He certainly, of course, uh, a uh, dr- aren't a dr- we all? A drug addict, the land of misfits. No, toys. but I mean, he was. I I seen him be so like you know when he gave money to Sally Marr, Lenny Bruce's mom, because she was living in poverty. I mean, Sam was capable of great acts of uh, kindness and sure. he was generous. But he also uh, the flip side of that was he was an absolute fucking you know drug addict and an alcoholic. And you, I mean, he's definitely was bipolar yeah there's there maybe maybe something like that i, I don't something know something along those lines but uh you know certainly uh you, you know but it would always buy pizzas for everybody we'd go get 10 15 pizzas delivered here and feed everybody sure. everybody and that, that's what i'm saying i've heard stories like that i've heard stories like you know other shit crazy shit you know with guns yeah, but like you said yeah guns and coke and all that stuff and you carl know. has great story about Guns and coke. You know what's funny? When I first moved back out of here, like in '97, like I first moved back out of here, I, I drove across the country in my uh, Toyota Camry, and I had a little trailer because I was just bringing just enough because I, sure. I was still living in Florida. I was going back and forth, but I had. Oh, you mean this is the '90s? Yeah, yeah. When I when I came back out after you know Sam died in '92, and then I I had took five years and went and lived in Florida yeah. and worked on my writing and get, get got really good with my stand up, and then. I decided I crashed Montreal. I had a development deal. And I said, All right, now I can move back, you know, because yeah. I got something to work on. And um, so, Carl LeBeau, I, I got to town. I like drove cross country and I get to town and go, hey, man. So, Carl goes, come on, over, I'll help you unload. So, we're unloaded. And I got this trailer that I want to take off my car. Okay. I want to just leave it out there. I got it insured. Nobody's going to steal a fucking trailer. You know what I mean? Who's going to steal a trailer? I said, yeah. why don't we just handcuff it to the trailer, just kind of put a chain around it and leave it on the... And so he goes, well, it'll fit down. Let me see if it'll fit in your garage. So he goes, and he wants to put it in. I go, no, we're not going to put it in the garage. We'll never get it. Oh, my God. So we bring down the thing. It puts it in the garage. And then we should have had a bucket to rest it on, but we didn't. And he sets it all the way down. Well, the back of the thing goes up, oh. hits a water pipe. <laughs> the pipe breaks. And the water starts gushing into the landlord's open window of his car. And I was like, and I mean, it was coming the fuck out. We're running back and forth. Like, it's up to our fucking Holy shins. It was like up, like, like it was mid shin. It was how deep it was. And it's about and this guy's car. And, but I threw a blanket on to try to keep it fucking from going in the window, which I finally did. But the water and people are coming home from work, wanting oh to take a hot shower. God. And the fire department's called and they're looking for the valve to shut it off. And they finally shut it off. And there was a giant puddle in the fucking car. <laughs> and the fucking and go, hey, I'm the new neighbor. <laughs> hey guys, I'm in uh, 4B. I, I, Come on uh, over. Yeah. Hey, I'm the new neighbor. Was, We're all having a bath. That's hilarious. <laughs> and fucking me and LeBeau Holy were fucking drenched. And you gotta hear LeBeau tell us. <laughs> <laughs> couple of fucking couple of fucking gavones over there fucking moving no, into the- I always say this I mean I know I've said, I maybe have said it to you but the outlaws of comedy you guys should write books no I'm going I'm all, I'm all-, all on your different perspective like Alan Steven 
I, I don't I don't know how Mitch is doing. Well, Alan, heard- Alan Stevens would just tell the same story in every chapter, and then I said, and I said that won't be so funny, now, will it? <laughs> and then, uh, like you know, I I, lo- I love Alan. I'll tell you, he'll tell Alan's you the same. Alan's one funny. of my favorite people, but yes, he gets on repeat. No, he he gets to tell you the same story twenty times. I, I, no, exactly. It would be. It would also, be he gets real serious on a podcast. I'm like Alan, what happened to that fucking hilarious story you told me the other night? Like all of a sudden he gets yeah. No, I, and, and he's I, business. He's yeah, a business and, guy, and which our, is weird. And, and he's one of the funniest people. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is, uh, you know, I mean, him. He's going through something a, a lot like Carl is as well. I didn't know that. Yeah, he he. Well, he talks to Carl all the time, and I talk okay, to good, Carl. So good, it's, good. But it's uh, they're just you know, Mitchell. All those guys that I toured with are all having you know health problems and stuff, and so I'm just you know. Carl and Mitchell and and uh, do they all talk? Does Mitchell? Yeah, because Mitchell's in Long Island, right? Yeah, yeah. Mitchell's Long Island. Carl's in Vegas, and Alan's kind of was up there visiting not too long ago, and so they okay. kind of visit and stuff. But they're just, I mean, you know, it's uh, yeah. I, that's, I, I that's keep them all. I can't look. They're, comedy can't, store legendary. Yeah, I keep them all in my prayers. I'm praying for them all. I'm hoping it works out because they're they're all dealing with their own little yeah. stuff. So and it, it sucks because I mean they lived such a life. I mean, we all, you know, I can't say yeah. I have, I, I didn't party like, but no, you guys well, you, party. You, no, you did the smart thing. You didn't party and you did the smart thing. And I don't I, know if that's smart no, or but bad, I, but. No, but I would, I would, I wouldn't, I would condone, I wouldn't condone that for anybody. I mean, even for me, I was never that guy. It was just always fucking available. There. No, it no, was no just always, I've seen it. I told my brother, I said, I, you know, I've been doing this, and I, I never buy it. It's not like, but it's just always right. there. Someone always. And it was amazing. Even on nights we tried to be like clean. Especially in the 80s. Jesus than, even on nights Joseph. we tried to be like fucking clean. We went to the fucking rainbow room. We had fucking <laughs> That's food. the worst place to go. I know. I know we had. But we went. We just had chicken noodle soup and pizza. <laughs> Everything was going fucking fine, Eleanor. Oh, Jimmy. And from the, from the I've fucking. I've lost friends in there. No, but I we got in my car. We drive and hit, hit that first light out of the rainbow, that first light there. And Artie, our buddy, pulls next to us uh. in his limo. And he goes, hey. And so he goes, you got any shit? He goes, yeah, I got yeah. some shit. And then we proceeded to drive down Sunset Boulevard. Well, you're and full. I'm, you got to burn it I, off. And I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to get close to cars so Sam can reach out and grab the bag. <laughs> Go back to Sam's place and we can do a couple bumps. But... uh I swear to God, we scored a, like a gram of blow driving That's down Sunset Boulevard and handed the fucking and handed just pulling clothes. And, and this is now this is already this guy had a limo company and he yeah. was always and, and hung out with him, but great guy. But uh, it's funny. One time we were there, but this time we had gone to AA. We're like in AA. I think we were in AA eighty eight days. We're clean sober. Is that Mitzi made you or you? No, did no, it no. We did it. Okay. I came back from Vegas. I had to get a CAT scan. I thought I had fucking brain damage. I mean, these God guys forbid. Were, yeah, a million uh, but, times over. Yeah. yeah so, um, anyway, um, by the way, one time I said something weird, and Willie and Lester. He was like, "Knock on Lester." I almost threw up. Go that's ahead. hilarious. <laughs> but. Um, so we were we were at the Rainbow Sorry. Room, and Sam's sponsors in AA were Ozzy Osbourne oh, and Stephen Tyler. God. And Stephen Tyler. And Stop Oz, it. Ozzy Osbourne was Sam's sponsor, and so we were there at the Rainbow Room again, just having fucking pizza, and because the pizza was fucking delicious, no pizza question. Pizza's amazing at Rainbow, by the way. Yeah, and and we the chicken noodles it was great, and we we used to go back to go fiesta mucho fiesta and all the time. Go mucho fiesta like they all knew us, and uh, so Ozzy, we're sitting in the back booth, and we're just. Her food, and here comes Ozzy, and he's got this Dr. Seuss hat, and he's banging off the walls. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> my, Sam, my sponsor, folks. <laughs> my Sam, how are you? Sam is fucking. And Sam looks like right, I gotta fuck it. Let's get some uh, pot here. <laughs> I can barely help me always saying Sam looks at me because I got to have sober for 88 days. And I said, fuck it. I already have a keychain. So next thing you know, me, Ozzy, oh me, Ozzy, and Sam are in the back of the bathroom. <laughs> we're doing fucking bumps. Jimmy. And fucking Artie's out front in his limo. <laughs> and so uh, they got a guy coming. He goes, just fucking just tell him to jump in the back of the limo. So fucking Sam gets, in, uh, Sam gets in across. I get in this way. Ozzy's sitting next to Sam. And the blow dealer gets in and sits next to me on the side chair. And I was like, do you believe in evil? Do you believe in the power of the dark forces? Do you believe it? And this fucking 
blow dealer just trying to go, no, no, I try to be positive. I try to stay positive. Mm-hmm. I try to do good, you know, try to stay positive. He's got a cross in his No, he's fucking <laughs> Coley Wooder. He's fucking, and uh, fucking Ozzy goes, that's a shame because you're going to have a series of very bad dreams for the next <laughs> few nights. And I go, oh, Jesus, fucking, a, a Satan can't control his drinking problem, but he's going to curse your fucking life for fucking three days. I mean, the stories, the fucking stories, these guys, these fucking maniacs, these fuck. I mean. But that's it, what I'm saying. It was endless. And in the 80s, it was just a party. Like, I said, I didn't party, but I would find myself like, what are you doing in this situation? You're not even part of it, but you're still, for some reason, in Yeah. I would get in these crazy situations. I I would fucking, I would, you know, it's funny. I I guess all that stuff makes you who you were. And you probably, yeah. I I was just long enough. I was just, I'm glad I got, I I, I outgrew it and I got rid of it. And even, even towards the end with Sam, I mean, Sam Sam started taking pills. He'd be, he would get like angry and kind of mean. And I just, I just want to be around it, you know? Yeah. And so, um, but see, I feel like it didn't impede you like it impedes a lot of people. Like it, it didn't, stop you never stopped in this yeah, business. Well, uh, you you always had a special out you always had something going on you never not worked yeah does that well, make sense like, yeah well you know because i when i was touring with sam we would go into these markets and i would call the comedy clubs i had that remember I had professional comedians association they had that little book it was like back in the 80s and they did it they had a collection of all the comedy clubs all the contact information i didn't know and that but from you i do what you told Tell this because I love this. That you so I would them. go. So I would get the hotel rooms. I would call the clubs and say, hey, listen, my name is Jimmy Schubert. I'm a comedian. I'm opening for Sam Kinnis tonight. I'm going to leave you guys four tickets, two for the owner and two for the booker. If they want to come, we'll give you backstage pass. Like, oh, are you kidding me? That would be awesome. Blah, blah, blah. And so they yeah. would all come out. They would see the show. And I'm doing like, you know, 20 minutes in front of Sam. And uh, they would, and obviously you had a great set. And I go, yeah, man, let's have you back. Let's, uh, you know, and you treat them like royalty. Mm-hmm. And Sam would be very gracious to them. And bada bing. And sometimes you'd pop in their club and do a guest set. And if that happened, I knew I was getting booked back. And that's what I did. And literally, I would come off tour with Sam after doing 70 cities, circle back around, circle back around. I would actually be getting booking dates. Like I would while call you up. were touring, yeah, while I was touring. So when I got off tour, and I would come, and Sam said that to me. We were in his Malibu place one time. We were just kind of hanging out, and uh, uh, and he said, "How come you're the only fucking guy on tour? You come off tour, you go back out, you never have to borrow money, you don't fuck, you pay your bills. I never have to." Yeah. Loan. And that's I what said, I'm saying. It's not I, impeding you. This, yeah. you, you were like a partier, but you weren't like a partier. Like no. It, and I know. said to him, I said, well, because I booked myself back out. I told him what I was doing. And he said, Could you do that, do that for some of the other guys. I said, yeah, I would do it for some of the other guys if you know. And so I started. If you could trust them. Well, yeah, but yeah, you know, because one of the guys mm-hmm. I, you booked to fucking put graffiti all over the inside of a fucking comedy condo. Oh, geez. And that was fucking like just what a because he was a fucking dick or whatever. But you know, I. Yeah, but I, I also got to learn business. I, I got got to do you know work with these people and stuff like that because you realize you know this I, is my, a my, nine to five yeah, job. Yeah, but that's what my thing was. I was always trying to get back out and trying to get booked back out. I was constantly trying to get back out because look, Sam was great and being with Sam was great, but Sam was not going to save you any fucking time. Sam, right. there was no shortcuts. It probably it actually took me a little bit out. I, I wish I was as focused afterwards as I as focused as I was because you know it's just it. It could get out. I was like a fucking kid, man. I was 25, 26, sure. touring with one of the most controversial comedians in America at the fucking Ever. time. In, on a, on in a the fu- world, I on, think. In the world, on a fucking tour bus, fucking partying and strip clubs and fucking steak and shake and fucking all. And we're watching fucking movies on. I mean, just, it was, it was, it was fucking the greatest kind of adventure journey yes. in my life. And, and recently I just got back from India. Uh, Which is my awesome. friend Russell, my friend Russell Peters, who was the, who was the judge on the last season I was on Last Comic Standing, uh, and I always had a great affection for him because he was always so kind to me and those he's judging things. One of the nicest people I've ever met. He he really is genuinely like, truly. It's my mom and then Russell. Like God, it's hilarious. that great. No, he's but so I nice. I had an affection for him before. But when when you go to India with him, he's like the Elvis of India. But he runs this <laughs> yes. first class fucking operation. Everything is fucking first class, first rate. He works with some of the greatest people. He's got these two camera guys and an events coordinator that put these shows together and put all yeah. this stuff together. I mean, man, it is. It really and and like you said, he's uh, to watch him interact with his fans, and then to watch a show every night. He's so mm-hmm. like to make, he's doing six thousand seats, and like you feel like it's a two hundred seat comedy club because he's so uh, makes it so intimate. intimate for yeah. And and you look at his audience, and there's sheiks and Muslims and Indians, it's so and, diverse. 
and women. And so he's, and he's really been cultivating these markets probably for the last 10 years over there. And so it was just great to be a part of it. I was so like he, honored he, that he asked me to go, you know? Yeah. He's one of the people that you just root for because no All matter what, he's always been like the nicest, even if he doesn't know you. Oh, Hey Matt, like he, he's not like, it's a, it's a or, no, it's, it's authentic. I, you know, it's mm-hmm. like I say, it's not I, phony. Yeah. No, you go, you go, man, boy, if I, I said, this guy, like, I would tear a page out of his playbook. Oh, that's the way you be when you have that kind of success, you know? One, exactly. One of my favorite things you told me was when you were in India. Your joke you were doing about the hamburger. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was a fucking idiot. I, like, I fly for 24 straight hours. I get there. I didn't get a chance to nap or anything. I got jet lagged like a motherfucker. I feel like I just get sucker punched in the back of the head. And I go out and Russell goes, it's just like America, man. They have the internet. They know what's going on. They, they get, get it. They, they get it. They get Netflix. And I, <laughs> I go out. And I'm doing a hamburger press joke. They don't eat red meat. They don't eat hamburger. They worship cows. Yeah, I know. One of those those things I left off the fucking uh, (laughs) checklist. But I was fucking, I was jet lagged like a mother jumper. And I would have done the same thing. Like your brain just goes, oh, they get it. You you know what you 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 love? I I did do Larry over there, which they loved. (laughs) I would do Larry. 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 I would do the fish thing. They love that. But, But yeah, after that first night, he goes, I would I would shelve the hamburger thing from now on because it was so funny because we were we were we were in the for like they're probably two, looking like where did what we, is this guy talking about yeah, yeah. why would you do that to a cow yeah. he's gonna burst into flames we uh, like that's sacrilegious that's hysterical that's so fucking funny. so uh so but we were there for like twelve days yeah and and, and Russell was there, like you gotta adjust too. well no but you know what he was telling about we, we was like telling about the Indian food oh you gotta try some of this this is great and different stuff and. And you know, um, his I mean, mom he's and, Indian, but he's from Canada. Yeah, but his mom and dad are from there. And, yeah, and, and and you know, and he's really one to learn all about it and stuff like that. He does it his act, but but man, doesn't real, he speak Mandarin? I think he speaks a couple couple languages. Oh, no, I know or, or he's he, a couple, but Mandarin but always enough, impressed enough, me the uh, most. Certainly enough to get him by on stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yeah. Like, uh, but uh, boy, it was a great trip. A lot of fun. So much fun. And boy, what a once in a lifetime experience. It was so cool to have that. But as soon as we left India, we landed in Kuwait and we set out for fucking cheeseburgers at the Shake Shack. <laughs> they had a Shake Shack up the world. It was some fucking double they had cheeseburger. A cheeseburger. Wait, they have a Shake Shack in Kuwait? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I got it. Fucking A. Yeah. They do. Damn. It's a Muslim country. And there's no booze in the country. There's no, you know, no booze, but we got a shake shack. Uh, you want to hear the funniest story? Boy, so my, bu- my buddy Rory, involved. my buddy Rory Campbell, who I met in Dublin, uh, he's from Cali Derry up north where all the troubles are. Oh but, yeah, but, uh, so practically he, but English, if you will. Yeah, but he's uh, from no, from Northern Ireland. But he we won't saw that. that he saw that I was going to be in Kuwait. He goes, "Hey, Matt, you're coming over to Kuwait. Guess where I am?" I said, "Fucking Kuwait, you fucking troublemaker." He goes, "I am in Kuwait." I said, well, listen, see if you can't get us a bottle of whiskey. I hear it's dry over there. He goes, I'll do my best, man. So this fucking guy. Of course. You probably keistered re- in. Reaches out to his friend who's a Polish special forces officer, and they found us some They found us some booze in fucking Kuwait where you couldn't fucking. Where you couldn't fuck. I could just see him bringing the actual ingredients to, like, make moonshine, you know, like, to make it himself. Yeah, but it's a real Muslim <laughs> country. Well, you, they won't. You're not like, allowed, yeah. No, no, not only that, but also um, women, unaccompanied women cannot come up to your room. Of course not. They shouldn't anyway. Found that out the hard way. <laughs> no, no, nobody. She has to no. come with a camel? No, what? no, no. They, they're not allowed in your room. Of course. I didn't even think they were allowed to talk to you. Yeah, it's not, it's not that crazy. But actually, to tell you the truth, Kuwait was fucking awesome. Who's I, their president? Pence? I, I kidding. I don't I don't know. But, but boy... I, I was came out. I was looking at the audience, and they're sitting in traditional traditional Arab garb. Like there was a lot of people in traditional Whoa. Arab garb, and I'm walking. I'm going, okay, here comes the white infant. Does that, does that I make said, you I'm nervous? going down. I'm going down like an Iraqi fighter pilot. But they actually happen to be a really great. They happen to be <laughs> you a. Said that thing. No, no, but I kept making fun of myself about how white I am. It was a hundred degrees. It was a hundred. Oh I saw people driving around today in oven mitts. What's with you people? You, you know you can move, right? You know you can move. I said you can't get booze. It's a hundred degrees outside. You know you can move, right? Like Mitzi's favorite Kinnison joke. What's that? 
Oh, move to the, yeah, yeah. You know what grows here? Nothing. You know what grows in sand? Nothing. Nothing. You know what's going to grow here? Nothing. It's fucking sand. (laughs) Now, we had this great idea. We figured we'd come out of some U-Hauls and pack up all your shit and we'll go. We'll make them one trip. And if we move you people to where the food is... Maybe we won't have to fucking send you. to ship it. It's yeah. like, oh, uh, no. so silly. Such a great. Remember the sand joke? Yeah. Like that was her, that was it. That's all she gave you on the joke, so you yeah. had to look it up. Like, yeah. Oh, what's the sand yeah. joke? Yeah, I have my own stories. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. With how? I, I, well, I don't want to be disrespectful to this comedy store podcast. Betsy's here. She uh, loves it. She we knows. Talk, I talk she shit knows. all the time she on knows. her. She knows. We had her, I was doing Mitzi impressions and Kyle Dunnigan was doing Argus and he was donkey punching me. And then we had <laughs> Annie Letterman playing Pauly. It really was funny. Oh, that's hilarious. And then we both, me and Kyle looked at Annie when she tried to do Pauly and she was like, I'm not good at impressions. I'm not good at impressions. <laughs> that's the worst impression. Dude, Kyle Dunnigan's fucking Instagram page oh kills me. Oh my God. That's so funny. I love the ring. No, you fuck I got that fucking shit thinks I'm fucking quite spoken. <laughs> I quit smoking. I got the fucking shit thing. I mean, it's just hilarious. I mean, I just, I just, He's you know what so I, you know what, you know, silly. you know what I do love about the comedy store. And I was thinking about this the other night. Is every night here, it's like a comedy festival. You got to hang out with exactly. some of the most original, funniest, fucking Bizarro. nicest, and some of the craziest fucking people. But you also some of the fucking funniest, most original stand-up artists working today, and you mm-hmm. get to watch them and their pals. And you of watch yours, them grow, and, and you, you watch, watch them, them grow. I mean, I always had an eye on Sebastian. I mean, I, I would always encourage Sebastian. And back in the day, go, man, you do, you're on to something here. I've been watching you, man. I go, you really kind of clicking. And he something. wasn't good. I love Sebastian with all my heart and soul. And when he started, it wasn't great. No, and but his showcase but, was brutal. But, and I, but nobody was. You know. No, no, no. But I remember when, because I've seen people showcase like. Yeah. Five, ten times. I've seen people showcase once and get in. I've seen people showcase seven years, Ari Shafir. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it took forever. It became, it was an event the night Ari got passed. We yeah. knew he was getting passed. Mitzi yeah. was coming in to pass him. That's great. Like, finally, this piece well, of shit. Well, you know, it's I'm funny, but, but it, cause it, it means something. But you it, know? no, but, but it, that's how many times he showcased. Yeah. And I believe him and, uh, Shanling have the longest running uh, ha- showcase. Oh yeah, for, for, like, before getting past. Mm-hmm. And but I'm saying Sebastian. I remember when he did it, and I remember being like, and I saw his check next to his name, and I was like, oh, fuck, wow, okay. You know, it's great. Is and that- then she said years later when she, he started killing it, you know, because he focused and he worked so hard on it. Yeah, was like I surprised well, myself with that one. Yeah, she probably made him because Man, he had to work that? so. No. No, she probably, he probably had to work so hard to get it that um, exactly that he you know because he wound I, up I, getting demoted I, 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 a little bit yeah anything that comes easy you know you always anything that comes hard you really have to work at but uh, it's funny you mentioned Gary Shandling I remember watching Gary Shandling like he was like one of my favorite guys to watch oh I mean, he just had some great jokes I, I love watching Gary Shandling truly one of my favorites to watch and he would come in the main room and he would do like jokes, but he was always working on something. Sure. And he was something his writing about it. is ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Wow. But he was talk with it. But he was doing his joke about contact lenses, and they were so thick. And he did a couple like bit like coke bottle, t- like yeah, like that. that, that. I said, <laughs> and I I said my and he kept hitting, it and I said, cut my contact lenses are so thick. When I walked down the street at night, cars hit their high beams at me. Was a joke I came up with, and I went back. I said, you know, you were doing that whole thing. I said, why don't you say my contacts so that when I walked down the street and that car said the high beams on me, he goes, oh, that's great. You know, and he wrote it down, which was cool. And then I got to sit there and talk with him for 20 minutes about stand-up comedy. Oh, my God. Which is great. How cool is that? And so I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one yeah. of my absolute favorites. No, he, he really was. And he was so gracious. And we're sitting there. And then fucking Louis Anderson goes, okay, class is over for today. And I go, well, we're sitting there and have the fucking moment. You got to ruin it. You Anyway, <laughs> who did that? Job? I think it was Bob Saget. One night we were in the um, b- backstage in the main room, and yeah, they can see you, Jimmy. You don't have to mime it. You can just ask. That's okay. I mean, at this point, at this point, it's very professional now. Okay. <laughs> I'll pull my pants back up. Anyway, um, <laughs> so <laughs> sorry, mom. And so we were in the we were telling ghost stories, and uh, Bob Saget. I think it was Jeff Ross, some other friends, just whatever. So we were. We turn the lights on so they can go in the main room. 
Right. So we were telling stories back there, and then Bob Saget made a joke. It made me laugh so hard. It made me giggle because it was so silly. He said, "If if you were in the dark, and it was uh, Gary Shandling, Louis Anderson, and Mitzi, and you have to figure out which one is Mitzi, <laughs> you can't That's see them." <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But they all be like, they do all talk like that. And That's... then I was like, and Roseanne, and he was like, "Oh, she gets in there too sometimes, but she's so high pitch." They kind of have the like Louie. <laughs> I'm doing it wrong. I'm, not, I'm butchering Bob Saget's joke. I apologize, Bob. We're fellow Philadelphians. Come Philly two one five in the house, bro. Correct. Uh, don't don't ask me where that came from. I have no idea. That's all my dad says is correct, girl. Uh, <clears throat> so no. Where's one of your favorite places you visited uh, other than India? Obviously. Because you've done Jerusalem, haven't you? I've done Israel. I've been to Dubai. I've been to Hong Kong, uh, Shanghai, Singapore, Macau, Beijing, uh, the Netherlands, Brussels, Kosovo. So when you go Ireland. to those places, well, Ireland, I mean, most of the English speaking, but when you go to all the places in China, like, how are you? Expats, all expats. They have, like, uh, communities of 25,000 English-speaking expats. from people. Isn't that crazy? South Africa, Canada, Australia, Americans, they all, and they have nothing to do in fucking China, so they What could them. you do in China? But they would love to come out, and they would have come out. I mean, I went over there. In the early years of the kung fu comedy, when it was fun, kung fu comedy isn't that racist, Jimmy? No, it's uh, because it's in China, and uh, they call it. But I was over there with Butch Bradley. Butch Bradley. Butch oh Bradley. Oh Butch. Butch is a second shout out on the comedy star. Yeah, I know. So uh, three more, and you get your wings, buddy. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah, more, I was over I there with Butch. We you know we would I mean. have fun, and uh, but I mean, what a. I mean, I just think about this sometimes. This life has been so crazy. I've had so many great adventures in my life yes. and so many fun shows and so many great shows and so many different life. So I think about it like I'm starting to. Cause Imagine I still, if you sat behind a desk. Like I'm doing now. Oh, wait a minute. No, I. Uh, no, that came out yeah. weird. Um, yeah, I don't th- I don't think I could do it. I actually, we're going to go to the rainbow after this. Don't worry. Yeah, we're going to the rainbow. Rainbow. Let's see, Artie. Artie, Artie. <laughs> I went to the Rainbow with Freddie Soto and my other friend. We'll just call her uh, Manhattan. All right. And uh, <laughs> she was a waitress here. You remember. Uh, real cute, dark hair. I don't want to say her real name. I know you're talking about. Yeah, you know I'm saying. So we go with her. I have enough money for my lunch. This is a long time ago. So I'm in acting class. I'm paying for all kinds of shit that's not going to work out. So I have no money. Freddie Soto, he was still driving the postal truck at that point that didn't go in reverse. Always funny. Uh, we got in a car accident, and the guy was like, can you back up? He's like, I can't. <laughs> we had to push it. <laughs> anyway, so we, it was like real hard times. But our friend, Manhattan, was kind of going through some shit. And so we went, and we're sitting at the Rainbow, and she goes, uh, I'm going to go use the bathroom. We had ordered food. I'm going to go use the bathroom. I'm like, all right. And we didn't see her for three more days. The rainbow is like the worst place to go if you're trying to get sober. I found that out the hard way. Yeah. Because we were like, should we go? And then we're both of us are sitting there and we're like, we're not paying for our food. We don't have any money. She left. Like we had enough for what we ordered. We didn't have enough for and her she food. Didn't, and you didn't she see her for three days. Three days. That's hilarious. That oh, my God. I was like, don't ever go upstairs in the rainbow because you don't come back down. I used to run that joint. Back the rainbow? Oh, I used to. Well, I'm Mario? All, yeah, all he was over, the best. All over, all over the place. I, they had all the little secret nooks and crannies. It was like this place. <laughs> and I was like, and I would go there with Sam all the time. It was like royalty. Yo, Jimbo, what's up? <laughs> hey, mucho fiesta. Mucho fiesta. The whole white staff. Was, when you would go back now, do they? Is it all new? No, yeah. Mario I, I, died. I haven't been there in forever. But I, I mean, you know, I remember sitting there with David Lee Roth and all these. Oh guys. yeah, like I mean, just like it was like a who's who. Every time I've been there, Billy it's Idol like that. and just it's just like fucking crazy. Axel, but, Axel could just yeah, but this is in the eighties, man. These guys, oh, when it was real, they weren't okay, even joking. Fine. they weren't even joking. Yeah, they were real in the eighties. They were just hanging out. 
Because most of them were still coming. Well, yeah, they all were coming up. Not David, but yeah, I mean, and all those guys would come out to see Sam. I mean, I've never seen. Oh yeah, like, like, I've never seen like a, like a comic like like all famous people would come in to see him. Like they, like yeah. you come in the back of the room. It's John Landis, Penny Marshall, fucking Eric Clapton, fucking Phil Collins. You know, I mean, it, he had yeah. a, like a group of like famous people. Would, like the world on the street was you got to see this guy. Yeah, and so Sam had this like really kind of. Fo- like loyal following of like celebrities that would come in and see yeah. him all the time. I mean, shit. He brought me out. We were, he goes, uh, I remember at one point at one of the tours, I was renting a place out in Malibu at the Malibu Bay Club, and Carl lived down the street, and Sam lived further down the street. But I was stopping, I was on my way out, and I would go, I would stop, I go, hey, Sam, what's up? Shuby. He goes, uh, what are you doing? I go, uh, nothing. Why? What's going on? He goes, Stallone just called. He wants to go have. Dinner? You want to come with us? I was, Stallone. No, I, no. I I do this monologue. Of course, I want to. No, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so I go. No, I want to go. I got two bags of laundry. I got to take care of. I'd love to hang out. So we went and hung out with Stallone, and we went to this. Uh, there was a Chinese restaurant out there at uh, Point Dune in Malibu, and it literally was Sam was sitting at uh, Stallone was sitting at the head of the table. Sam was over here, and I was here. And we're talking about like we're talking about Abraham Lincoln and Philly and all that That's stuff. Hilarious. And he, he was so great, man. It's just such a what a cool what a cool fun night. I love when uh, celebrities come to see a comic. Like Sam was a big one. He's considered a rock and roll comic. Also, Dice is a yeah. rock and roll comic, if yeah. you will. I mean, he went on the ro- he did open shows with uh, Axel. I mean, uh, uh, Guns and Roses. Yeah, he did the Rose Bowl, hundred thousand people. Yeah, I did. I I actually brought. I, but I it think, was so. I feel like it was so much more fun that way back in the day because I brought him up in front the of. The, I brought band. up Dice in front of the Red Hot Chili Peppers at the Palace. At the Palace, when this is how long ago this is, he came out. In these fucking lime green stretch pants and this fucking purple tuxedo shirt with a ruffle on the front. Dice? Yeah. I'm going to throw up. No, listen to this. Listen to this. This is a true story. Do you have story. a picture of this? No. And I came out and I would come out and go, and I would introduce him and he would come, no, they told me and he would do this character. Oh, <laughs> shit. Character. The buddy go, love yeah, character. Yeah, and I go, yeah. boo, oh. boo. And he goes, no, yeah, you being mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go get my brother. And he would jump off and take it off and flip up the hair. And, oh, you got to then we come out and just talk up more, like one over the crowd. It was killing. But I mean, he went from, he told me that character he does. He commits like nobody I've ever seen to oh. a dumb character. The uh, dumber, the better. No the more, Yeah. No, no shenanigans. Schmuck. No schmuckery. The, the, but the more they hate him, the more he commits to that. Oh, my God. Nobody does it better than that. I, I told you what he did. I was telling somebody this today. Like, <laughs> I would do that the thing for First Blood. Ain't you First Blood, not me. Me and Paul is a guy. The guy comes in with the boxes. Did you do it for Stallone? No, I didn't do it. I've met Stallone a couple times with Andrew. Very excited. No, no I, didn't mean, I didn't do it. But Andrew thought that was so fucking funny. <laughs> he made me do it like 10 fucking times of around the course. conversation. And then he goes, you're calling in sick tomorrow, and I'm getting you an agent, and you're going to go in and do that monologue. And the next day, he sets it up with his agent, and he goes in the office first, and then he brings me, he goes, Jim, is this so-and-so? And da, da, da. It's my favorite story. And it's at and William takes, and he Morris. Goes, and he goes, when you feel it, he looks at me and goes, when you feel it. And I start fucking doing this, my, it's your first love. That's fucking slobbering. I'm getting into it. I think I'm doing a great fucking job. And I finish up. I look up and and the guy's jaws on the fucking thing. He goes, I, I don't know what you want me to do. I'm not a casting director. Or he was fucking mortified. And then he goes, this is what you tell me? I bring you this fucking great talent. And that's what you tell me. Now, I don't know in my head exactly how I was seeing from Comic and the Con, the screenplay that he was of working course. on forever. So. Nobody's but, ever in on the joke. We're no. all just pawns in it. Yeah, exactly. And so we come out of the thing, and all this whole, all the secretaries are looking at the door because you see Dice walk out, me walk out. Look, this guy must owe some gambling debts or something. Yeah, he was just getting screamed at by a couple of folks. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta bite. I gotta bite my lip to like fucking just fucking. Ah! Right in front of everybody. I, I, and I yeah, play. you got to hold it. You know, he goes, man, yeah. goes, fucking hold it, hold it. We get outside and we jump in that fucking stupid bright green Cadillac, pop on the summer winds. 
<laughs> and just drive away like nothing. I swear happened. to God, I felt like we were the chief in a pub of Greenwich Village, and we're driving away blasting. It's not just laughing our balls off. But I used to bring them up at the fucking the Chinese Man Theater and Larry Parker's sure. Beverly Hills Diner. And, oh yeah, Larry and Parker. And then the Ben Franks we got thrown out of. But I mean, we would just do the Kamikaze comedy man. Did you get arrested at Ben Franks too? No, I didn't just get about. No, yeah, but he did. Because <laughs> uh, he, I just introduced him. Who, that's, he's like, who that's locks a, up an MC? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't start it. Let's break up the finisher. Uh, Dice, um, oh, shit, I completely went out of my head, but like we were talking about like committing to characters and bits and things like that. Yeah. And then randomly, I put up a picture of like uh, Dice. It was, I was opening for him at the Riviera in Vegas, and Joe Rogan and um, Jim Norton and Robert Kelly were in it. But I didn't know Ari Shafir was on his podcast that day, and they were talking about that night yeah. when they came to see him. And then they started talking about how ridiculous Dice is and how he commits to uh, a bit. And if he's fucking with somebody, you never know you're being fucked with. Yeah. And and you just go through this thing. And what happened with um, Ari was Dice was like, you know, I keep a gun in my uh, in my office drawer. And he was like, you don't have a gun. There's no way. You're Jewish. We don't do that. And Ari is, and so Dice is like, yeah, I have a gun. Ari, I'll bet you $200. And Ari's like, but I don't have that money. He said, well, then we don't have anything to talk about. You're just going to have to believe that I have a gun. So Freddie, of course, Soto was with us. And Freddie was like, you should go look through the drawer. <laughs> and I remember specifically Ari on Joe Rogan's podcast lied and said he didn't go through the drawer. He certainly did go through the drawer. Did he find a gun? Freddie just blew the whistle on him that he went through the drawer. Oh, uh, did he find a gun? No gun. No, but he got banned from Dice's house for a year. Oh, that's because <laughs> he went through the drawer. Uh, I can't come to any barbecues. I don't understand what I did. That's hilarious. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. But he's always like that, just fucking with people. And you're like, is that a real thing? Like, when... When will uh, that ever stop? You He's never going to grow up. When we were out front, I'm not. I'm not even kidding you. When we would come out, it was Peter Potofsky was like circus. Oh yeah, clown. yeah, yeah, yeah. They would do these flips, <laughs> and they would start. He was amazing. A, they would said. start a fucking fake fight, and before you know it, there were like 15 comics involved in the fake fight, <laughs> and they were like breaking each other up. And when the guy would go to break it up, the guy would no, no, you got a problem. Then they would start. <sighs> And there would be a line around the building for fucking people going ready to come in and see the fucking comedy show. <laughs> and this fucking epic fake fight that would go on for like 20 or 30 fucking minutes. And then Peter Potosky gets slammed into the fucking sign. It was it was insane. Joey Gaynor was involved. Oh, Joey Gaynor was involved in one that was real bad in Westwood. And um, was it Joey Gaynor that swallowed the uh, candle wax? It fell and it dripped in his throat and he was choking and they all thought it was part of the act and they're like, this is amazing. He's really good. And he's choking wax. and hot choking on fucking candle wax. That's fucking he's crazy. He's got candle wax on the nipples. Uh, I don't know where that By came order from. the fucking Peaky Blinders, eh? You watch that? I love that show. It's my new thing. I got to get into it. No, I wasn't into it for a long time. But my brother, you got to watch the Peaky Blinders. Everybody Blind. tells me. But you know what's really great? I just watched this. It's called the Eight Eight. Eight greatest stories of World War Two, but they've gone oh, back and color. I saw that. I want That's it. fucking. I almost watched it last night, and I was like, "Eleanor, it's three thirty. So We're well. not getting into the I got war." News movie. For you. You're going to binge watch all eight episodes. It's okay. the most amazing thing. They have all this new footage. They colorized it. Where did they get the new footage? Like that fucking no, baffles they, me. It's yeah, like we the, have new footage. Well, you someone mean, someone must have tracked it down because they have footage that like, you mean they've never, always had footage. They just never showed it to the public. I guess they had no no one's ever had to to, to put it in and tell the stories by by the original people that were there with all this footage and stuff and it's just it's amazing. It really is one of the best things I've seen on World War II and I'm a history buff. I love that period of time. I, I love that. No, I love that. The history was like the only subject I passed. Cause Cause, I you know, because I've seen other shitty documentaries. Like I was watching this documentary about Hitler the other night and because uh, I needed to feel better about myself. Like that's the gauge. And I thought you were trying to make it a show no, business. No, but Hitler has a fucking, <laughs> Hitler had a fucking girlfriend, man. I can't seem to make it work in my life. I'm like, what I'm are the, you talking? No shit, he had like, a girlfriend. Like, I'm what like, do you mean? I'm like the Cincinnati, well, proven once again, chicks always go for the assholes. Oh. But, like fucking me, I can't make it work in my life. Anyway, the point is, what with a girlfriend? She, yeah, she was seventeen, he was forty. 
The greatest non-love story of all time, Eva Braun, Hitler's girl. Yeah. Although I'm sure she probably didn't like to be called that. And I'm sure Rick Springfield probably would have never written a song about her. I wish I had a girl like Hitler's girl. Hitler's got a girl. I Eva make Braun. A <laughs> yeah. Eva Braun. So, yeah, it so, doesn't like doesn't flow no it doesn't really flow but uh you know uh but it, she wasn't allowed to tell anybody because he didn't want people to think it was a creeper because she was 17 oh he and, was a total creeper for a lot of other yeah, the guy murders half of europe but he doesn't want people to think he's a creeper that's what the listen uh i'm not a pedophile yeah anti-semitic maybe uh but not a pedophile i know they start to hurt after a while yeah they really do my uh, ears are like slip down yeah. this is they should use these like if people have ears that stick out I should I should fire a little I should fire off the flesh musket in one of those ear cannons and that way someone will come in and just put it and get an ear full of fucking toddler juice and they're fucking in the <laughs> fully grown adult, aren't you? Fully grown adult. <laughs> Fully grown full, man, full, fully, grown, fully yeah. grown man. Uh, let's wrap this fucker up. Let's wrap it up. I, uh, uh, I'm Amber Braun, and I'm Valdez Hitler. <laughs> Till next time. Kyle. <laughs> uh, no, that's gross, Jimmy. Um, all right, thank you, you guys. <laughs> it's a joke. It's the Comedy Store podcast. That is a joke in itself. Um, so, Josh, I took the headphones off. Sorry, Josh. You need to come in and promote something. Did he say yes? Oh, he's yeah, coming in anyway. All right, Thanks. you can go. Jimmy Schubert, love you. Right. Amazing. Hey, Thank Jeff. you. Good to see you, man. You Don't too, forget, brother. we will be at Parks Casino uh, December 4th, right? Yeah, I know. And then New Year's Eve at the Stress Factory, uh, the 30th and 31st. Do it. Don't do be it. an idiot, man. Jersey. What else is there to do in New Brunswick? New Jersey, uh, baby. How do I know it's Brunswick yes. Plains? Uh, thank you, Jimmy. So, thanks, Jimmy. I love him. My ears are completely. And if, I have no uh, idea even what we were talking about, but I hope it was interesting. It was fun. Oh, there's I a lot enjoy, of good Kennison stories. That's what I love. Listen loved. to Schubert all yeah. day. He kills me. So. He just he gets in that like that right, and then it oh, just yeah. he goes. And if you like more, uh, he was on my podcast, Civilianization. When? Um, this was probably about six eight months ago. Okay. And then he talked about because he did a lot of USO tours for the troops, and yes. uh, I'm jealous it was of that. it was a day after he got passed by the Magic Castle. Oh, right, so, right. Yeah, there's like a dozen Mitzis have to pass you to get into that place. So it's <laughs> I'm insane. Aware, I'm aware. Uh, so speaking of civilianization, check out Civilianization's podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Check it um, out. Drew Carey, December forget- 13th. Oh, Drew Carey, did you yeah. do it already? You did no, no, it's it. on December 13th we're going to record. So Okay, don't forget, rate, subscribe. Go to my um, website. I have all my dates up. I'll be also, um, my brother Johnny has a December 27th. He's going to kill me. I, I'll put the flyer out. Don't get mad. Terrible at um, social media. No, but I will put it up. Um, December 27th, I am doing a show with my brother Johnny and a, a, a bunch of great comics from Philly. Pat House, Peggy. Uh, it went out my. It went right out of my. O'Leary. Peggy O'Leary. Oh, nice. Gosh, I'm telling you, I'm a mess right now. But I will put it up on my website, and I got it right now. It is December 27th, 7 p.m., and it is in Springfield, Pennsylvania. Nice. Good hockey towns up there. 400 West Woodland Avenue, Springfield. I will put the flyer up. It's uh, the Febos, but it's not at the Febos. Or is it at the Febos? Maybe it is. Best ever promotion of a show hell yeah beat it bitches love you thank you high five